Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the AwesomeNote.com NFL Strategy Show, Monday morning, quarterback edition, taking a look at everything from the Week 5 10-game main slate. I'm Dave Lockwood. With me, as always, Josh Engelman and Adam Scher. If you guys aren't on Twitter yet for sports, for basketball, for football, for anything, get on that, make it happen, and make your first thing that you do is to follow all of us at ShipMyMoneyDFS at Josh Engelman and at Lafayette underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D. We're happy to have you with us. Hit that thumbs up as you walk in the door, subscribe and hit that notification bell as well. So you always know when new content's dropping next fellas, Josh, how we feeling, man, coming off a of week five, got a little showdown action tonight and just another wild slate of games with some gruesome ankle injuries, some crazy unexpected performances and another slate where several teams as massive touchdown plus dogs come out early with two touchdown leads. I'm feeling pretty good. Apparently I can get double stars at Starbucks today on my purchase. So that's probably the best thing going for me. Well, that's, that's, that's really great to hear. Yeah. I'm not a big Starbucks guy. I do like the Starbucks frapp. There's cold frappuccinos. I drink them. Oh, yeah. Cool. But, I mean, I've never had Starbucks. Really? Like yeah. you've never actually been into a Starbucks and, and had one. Yeah, never, never have had Starbucks. I don't go into Starbucks because I just do not fit there. You know, I, I right. am, yeah. I stick out like a sore thumb going into a Starbucks. But for me, it's I didn't drink coffee at all until like I don't know two years ago. But then now, like where I live in Baltimore, there's like a coffee shop right around the corner that I go to. So like, I right. just have never had Starbucks. Yeah, I don't have enough cardigans. The, but the, I, the sous vide egg bites, bacon and Gruyere, incredible. Best breakfast you can get. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll give them a whirl. It's just all like about a little, Manhattan. you know, it's like an egg muffin, Gruyere cheese, bacon, tastes fantastic. Do you have Manhattan bagel around your way? No. No? Adam? No. No? Huh. Pretty good. Maybe it's a maybe it's a Pennsylvania thing. But anyway, we're here to talk about football. Mm. Uh, we're going to break it all down, take a look at some lineup study and fantasy cruncher. But uh, first things first, Adam, FanDuel yesterday, and by the way, it wasn't just FanDuel. If you play some season-long leagues, like Fantrax is one of them. There's a couple others. Uh, I was in for SiriusXM Fantasy and Host Leagues that they use the same stats provider that also was down. So this affected more than just FanDuel, but that was the big one. Last I checked, my lineups still have not updated. They all still say zero with full player quarters remaining. Oh, at least you have full player quarters remaining. Normally they just say <laughs> zero, and that's just how it worked. <laughs> But Adam, you said that 
yesterday there was some some stuff going on on Twitter and and FanDuel appeared to actually respond to some people and the intro, the the uh, answers and the responses were interesting to say the least. Yeah, I mean it was their their response like they 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 put out a statement so you assume that you know they took the time to think about what they're doing and the statement was that they will credit a 50% net loss back across impacted slates since they didn't have live scoring and you couldn't late swap or, or any of that with a $100 max credit so oh. <laughs> so like the 50% you know back whatever like obviously it's like they ruined the slate not being able to late swap and stuff but also you know, there's a lot of money in play, but like the $100 max, like the, the thing that really got me and I haven't really seen it mentioned through anyone that plays any sort of significant volume by capping it at a hundred dollars. But the, it, like, why didn't they just say like a max 100, a hundred dollars then instead of the 50%, like they basically just made sure they screwed everyone, no matter how much volume they played. Like if you play a hundred dollars, we're going to screw you and only give you $50 back. But if you played a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to just get a hundred dollars. Right. So you're, you're right. Yeah. It, uh, that additional $50 is a lot to somebody that only played a hundred. Yeah. Right. Like if you're going to piss off the people that actually spend money on your site, at least don't piss off the casuals too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just trying to wipe everyone out in one fail swoop. Right. Uh, it, 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 it's crazy. Just the, the, the one advantage is that I look at my lineups and they all still say I'm in first place. There that won't go. last. Yeah. I don't, what's that like? I thought it's the first first time for everything, you know. I couldn't beat but, myself uh, in a head to head at this point. Yeah, and it's funny too because like they're still promoting the showdown slate for tonight. I, that, that seems like it'll be a real fun experience for everybody. Yeah, I'm I, I'm paying very close attention to it because if people are just pissed off and decide that they're not interested in playing Adam, uh, maybe you just see an immense amount of overlay in something like this. Who knows? It'll be, it'll be interesting because you could you could certainly see the overlay. The other thing that I've thought of though is you're going to have way less just dead money in there because anyone who's got you know is all tied $60 up sixty dollars on Fanduel and plays you know one lineup or whatever with it is point. not playing tonight. That's a good point. There's a lot of people out there that have sixty dollars in their account on Sunday morning and zero dollars in their account by one p.m. Eastern. Right. Yeah. So well, we'll see. I mean, they can just at least for the stats for tonight. They should be able to manually do that. Is This is no different than running their Madden Sims. Um, you just keep the stats for one game. We know they can do it at a moment's notice. They did it for us. Yeah. When we did the NBA 2K Sims during quarantine, uh, for those of you guys that are just joining Awesome O now, uh, Josh and Ben Rasa and I did NBA 2K simulation streams where we did live commentary. We did full out tournaments. It was actually an incredible amount of fun, especially during a pretty dark period yeah. uh, in our history. And Fandle ran contests for it and manually updated the scoring, which I'll give them credit. They, they were actually really quick to <laughs> update that scoring. Like it was live scoring. I was, I was shocked by it. Did their but, contests have buy-ins or were they free rolls? I don't remember. They were all free rolls. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if that's the problem is like, uh, I, I, I don't know what, I don't know what the like legal rule, like rules and ramifications are on if like they, you know, fat finger something while they're manually doing it and just screw up their payouts on actual entry fees. True. I mean, I would assume that they would have some, like some checking, right. Some, yeah. you some would quality assume, checks but... before closing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't know like how, I don't know how um I know what you're saying it's it's yeah. it's human error is possible and if you're manually doing that with all that money involved it could still be an issue yeah that's a good point
Anyway, um, let's make the transition, Josh, and talk a little bit about what we've got going on from week five. We'll take a look at the $500,000 slant, $9 entry on DraftKings, and uh, maybe we should take a first look at Curry Power, who came in first place, profit of $49,991 with a score of 248.1 DraftKings points. I don't think you're looking at the right contest. Yeah, where? You in the right week, buddy? I think you um, won last week. No, actually, I'm looking at week three. And I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say this Curry power has been killing it because I remember that. <laughs> on a bit of a heater. Man, that was such a nice lead up to, to, to hand that baton over to you as well. Like, that was solid. Yeah. And it was all for naught. I'll tell you so, what you could do with that baton. So <laughs> let's talk about, yeah. Let's talk about who came in first place in the $9 slant. I'll let you do the honors here since I just butchered the shit out of it. Yeah, that would be C Wit. Uh, I assume that it's C Wit, C W 1 T T. So that's, there's no chance that that's the way that that guy wants that red. I assume it's a guy. I probably shouldn't. It's 2020 after all. Uh, winning lineup. Pat they tweeted Ma- yesterday it is. Oh, okay. Pat Mahomes, Josh Jacobs, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Darius Slayton, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, Ravens D. Okay, so essentially, <laughs> Brandon Cooks coming off a goose egg last week, right? Yeah, decent against, week this week. Yeah, against Minnesota, finishes with 33 DraftKings points. This is one of the reasons, too, Josh, where like I took heat last week for for mentioning some bad players in good matchups. And uh, this isn't to say whether they did well or they did poorly. I'm happy to take the loss on anyone. I wasn't even talking about when I tweeted them that I was playing them. What I was saying is a lot of times guys that are very chalky a few weeks before and for several weeks consistently suck, nobody wants to play them anymore. And you know what? Sometimes somebody like Brandon Cooks, who let a lot of people down, granted, he was still 11% owns here, but it's still a, a valid example, ends up going off for a monster score because just sometimes, you know, it's one week of the season, big things can happen, especially against bad defenses. And we saw that happen uh, with a number of these players. I wish that I had more of Todd Gurley. I wish I had slightly more Brandon Cooks. I had more Darius Slayton. <laughs> wish I won. Yeah, well, I don't know, uh, Adam. You look, you look at Todd Gurley. He had his first real, like, stellar week of the year. He still looks pretty slow, but I guess that doesn't matter because he's finding his way into the end zone. He crossed the 100-yard threshold quite easily. Josh Jacobs at 14% had 22 fantasy points. Patrick Mahomes had one of the the lesser impressive games you're going to see. Really bad interception late in that game. Didn't matter. 34 DraftKings points. And then the very high-owned Darius Slayton with 24 fantasy points, proving that even the New York Giants pass catchers at times can come through with some big games. Yeah, obviously it was a good spot for the the Giants yesterday going up against Dallas. Um, Overall, I mean, I I like this guy's lineup. It's pretty chalky, but I I think, I mean, for me too, yesterday was a slate where I actually just played a lot of really popular guys and, um, you know, hope for the best. I thought that a lot of the chalk yesterday was just really good. But, you know, to your your point before about Cooks, you know, yeah, he, he still had ownership. Um, but you know, it's, it's important to just kind of throw out the week before and, and keep projecting guys like, you, you know, you, you don't want to wait too much into the fact that he had a bad game. You had, uh, Jacksonville with a banged up secondary there. It was, you know, a, another good play. Um, Gurley, I thought was a really 
interesting tournament play. Um, I only had like 4%, but I think one thing that you can, you, we, we kind of talked about game script before and it kind of goes along those lines, but everyone was on the um, Falcons pass catchers yesterday. Uh, and one thing you can do if like you like an offense, but you think the field's going a little too heavy on their passing game is to, to do what happened here. And, you know, you just go to the running game and we, we talked, we've talked before, you know, about how game script is so volatile and also how touchdowns are so volatile. Um, you can, the passing game can be really good. And if they get tackled at the two yard line, every time the running backs can have a great game. So I, th- I think that um, in theory, Gurley and any running back in situations like that um, makes, makes for a good play and it worked out yesterday. Yeah, it did. And there's a lot of people out there that don't like running back, running uh using running backs as their run back option uh in these type of in these type of big uh large tournaments in this case it worked out well and you ended up having Patrick Mahomes with two pass catchers uh and then just Josh Jacobs on the yeah, other it's, side it's interesting because um I, I ended up doing a lot of this yesterday I had I was overweight on Jacobs and I had a lot of the Kansas city passing game and I was looking at my lineups and I was just like, man, I don't like this because I think it's such an unlikely, you know, game script, but I just went ahead and and did it. And, you know, it it worked out in those lineups, but it it kind of reinforces the point, not only about the game script, but like, if you look at how Jacobs, Jacobs had a terrible first half, but you know, obviously ended up getting there, but if you look at like his second touchdown, it had nothing to do with with anything like game script wise or or anything like that. Mahomes threw an interception. The Raiders returned it to the two yard line. Congratulations. You get six points from Jacobs. Um, So, you know, it's, it's something that definitely made me uncomfortable and I'm sure made a lot of people uncomfortable going that route with Jacobs with Kansas city, but it just reinforces how volatile any one game is and just getting good players in as your run back, I think is the most important part. Yeah, no question. And then Josh, like I know you said you had a bunch of Miles Sanders. That's another prime example of the volatility in running backs and and really any position. Miles Sanders was shut down for the entirety of that game. He had one 70 plus yard run that broke everything wide open. And then a touchdown at the goal line that put him in the end zone twice. Like that's one of those games where he was a matter of fact, wildly underused and pretty inefficient outside of one really big run and a touchdown uh, run just diving over the goal line. Hey, yeah, 11 carries, two catches, yeah. but he scored twice. So that becomes incredible. Hangs at 24. It's his best game of the year. I love it. It ultimately was meaningless, but you know, 80 yards, two TDs. Well, call it 99 yards, two TDs. Take that all day. Yeah, I had like 6% Sanders, so I was over the field, but I was just like, man, I wish I had, um, you know, played a little bit more contrarian and played more Sanders. And I went and saw like what he actually did. And it was just like, yeah, okay, I don't really feel bad about not having a lot of him because, you know, that that more often than not, with those inputs, that game ends up being like six points or something. You know, I went chalkier than usual, too, but it just so happens that I went with the wrong chalk and that happens. Like I went with a lot of the Carolina Atlanta game and it wasn't even Zacchaeus that I was looking at. It was like Calvin Ridley wasn't bad, but he didn't score and he was expensive and that didn't really get you where you needed to go. Uh, had a lot of Mike Davis, Mike Davis, by the way, not be Mike Davis. Wasn't in the, the top lineup. Was he? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't in the, yeah, he wasn't in the top lineup. He was in the second lineup. He was uh, in like every other lineup at the top. Right. Robert Woods, Chenault is in the second lineup. Um, but yeah, like I, I had a, a good amount of that game. And while some of these performances were decent, the problem I had, um, Adam, was I had a lot of Matt Ryan. 
thinking that, all right, Matt Ryan, let me, I can run it back with DJ Moore. That worked. Run it back with Mike Davis. That worked. Um, Ridley wasn't terrible, but Matt Ryan had an awful overall performance, uh, which ultimately this game resulted in the firing of their head coach, Quinn. So it, yeah, it just I, I played happened. a lot of both sides of that game. Um, and Carolina obviously came through, um, but it was, it, it goes back to, you know, what I was saying about Gurley. And unfortunately I personally didn't do enough of it, but just the perfect option where, you know, you're getting a ton of ownership going to Zacchaeus. You're getting a ton of ownership or a lot, not a ton, but a good amount of ownership going to Ridley. Um, what I did was I, I think I played a good amount of Hurst as a run back. I, I think I was overweight on, on gauge didn't go overweight on Gurley, but it's, it's certainly just an example of, um, you know, you, you can have whatever thoughts you want about Gurley or about a lot of running backs that just aren't really that good. But if they're on an offense that you think is going to be in a position to score points, it's very, it's probably a lot more likely than people give it credit for that the running back gets the touchdowns instead of the receiver. Cause it all just depends on where the receiver gets tackled, whether he's a yard into the end zone or a yard short. Yeah, for sure. And the Falcons, Josh had a 28.25 implied total, very high implied total, even for 2020. Uh, we had a question in chat asking about you know, where am I at on Matt Ryan now? It was a, it was an ugly performance. There's no question, but it doesn't mean next ba- next great matchup for Matt Ryan. I'm just going to stop playing him. it. Yeah. It all comes. It's still going to be dependent on salary and ownership. Like for sure. Matt Ryan could have the worst game I've ever seen a quarterback play. And if the next slate he's $5,200 and 1% owned, I'm going to play him and I don't care who he's even playing against. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, that, that's what matters most, right? Ownership projection and uh salary otherwise yeah, like i'm not going to pay attention to whatever just happened last week no and you know are people going to sour on someone like clyde edwards hilaire i don't know he's had a couple games now where he's been uh underwhelming for sure and especially in a game where 72 total points were scored clyde edwards hilaire was a was a colossal bust in a spot like that i believe that's pronounced elair what it did is. i say hilaire? Hilaire. no h oh okay C E H, Clyde Edwards Elaire. It's basically like C E E, honestly. <laughs> well, fair enough. It's not a very good acronym for the name. I What's great? We... He's not even the only C in the NFL. Then yeah, I also have C D Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's sure spelled super weird too. <laughs> but what is your approach with something like that, Josh? I know you usually will just crunch and. And, and, and work off of that, but you're, you're going to get a lot of instances where players, and this has been a big topic of conversation throughout the first few weeks of the year, especially in a very strange injury riddled season with unpredictable outcomes where you get guys that, you know, have been very popular and they just end up not playing well. Uh, and then they fall into a very good matchup and, and people want to get away from them, despite the fact that their price has come down to kind of reflect their lack of production this season. Uh, would you agree with Adam that it really all comes down to salary and it comes down to ownership and you're less worried about what they've done, but what they can do in the current state with ownership projection and with their current salary? Yeah, a hundred percent agree. Uh, I'm not concerned whatsoever with any sort of outcome. I'm concerned. Uh, my concern is with how people uh, perform the week before in that, like, I want to know if someone's getting targets or getting carries, being on the field, getting any sort of snaps. That, to me, is important. But sort of what they do once they get those opportunities, uh, it's the least of my concern. If someone shows up with an incorrect price tag and a 
they're, you know, there's a flat minimum or they went down by 600 bucks. And I think that they're even in a, in a tough spot. The more likely scenario is that I end up playing them in the public doesn't because their ownership comes down and that's really driving every decision that I make uh, price and ownership. Yeah. So like really simplify it. If you go back to when, like I first started playing DFS or at least like competitively um, before, you know, using fantasy crunch or anything like that. Like if I had had to just use, I would say like the most important part, and this is talking basketball, but of like my strategy was just going through game logs and seeing what guys had shot, you know, 20 times in their last couple of games and just hadn't been making shots because they naturally, their price comes down, their ownership comes down and they're the same exact player. And it's the same thing with football. You know, you can get unlucky on a number of targets you get or, or, you know, how many catches you get in any one game. You can get unlucky on whether or not you get in the end zone, but if the opportunities are there and you've had a couple of bad games, the ownership naturally is going to come down. Great point. Yeah. yeah like and it, Clyde Edwards Lair had eight targets yesterday, three catches. That's got to be a pretty ridiculous number for a running back, right? We touched on it the other week. Absolutely. Like usually, and now to be fair, I'd have to see what his average depth of target was. Was he running routes as a wide receiver? You oh. know what I mean? Like, was he split outside? Yeah. Then that that's different. But even if that's the case, you're getting a wide receiver or a running back that's running outside routes as a wide receiver. So there's still that potential upside there anyway. Yeah. Like I hope the depth of target is bigger. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now like again with Alvin Kamara, is he going to catch 10 of 11? Probably. But if Edwards Alaire and Sanders being another one running these deep 20 yard, 25 yard wheel routes or, you know, split outside as, as legitimate wide receivers, then yeah, I'm okay with, only catching three of eight if I know that they're going to have similar opportunities or could have similar opportunities the next week, Adam. It's it's just a piece of the puzzle that you're trying to put together based on opportunity and whether or not that opportunity is going to be sustained because if it is, eventually you're going to hit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that that's really you know all you can do. You're not going to predict. Nobody is very good. The, even the best, the absolute best at projecting what's going to happen are really, really bad at it in terms of chances of being right like they're good at it compared to everyone else but they're still really bad in terms of of being correct and so it's just about um you know like josh said before it's it's just opportunities salary and and, you know ownership josh it's also pretty crazy i tried like 10 minutes ago i tried to pull up the uh the week six slate just to see if there was anyone like oh he's been terrible everyone's gonna to 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 get away from him and this will put us in another position where Right. Like we have to, we have to talk about this. Maybe this will be his week. Uh, like Brandon cooks from one week to the next DraftKings hasn't even released pricing yet. And they always release pricing usually like after the Sunday night slate locks or at least Monday morning, y- you have to assume that this is just due to complete uncertainty surrounding the league right now. Yeah. You never know what games are going to be on what's going to get moved to a bye week. What's going to get moved up, moved around. There's, I guess there's no Thursday slate this week. I learned that like there's two no hours ago. So. Yep. Yeah. So I, I actually liked that they're withholding it, especially not with not having the Thursday slate, you know, because there's no there's no impetus to get it out now. Yeah. I'd rather them have a better idea of who's on the slate than end up with mispricings because two games get canceled and you know whatever. All right, Josh. Let's um let's take a look at our chalk report as we do every week. Uh, the highest owned players, how they performed. 
who you needed to have, who you really didn't want to have at high ownership. Zacchaeus certainly being one of those guys, minimum salary. He came in uh, as a very high owned player, 28%, I believe in this uh, $9 slant, 28% and was wildly unproductive. Yeah. Um, not great. It was really annoying. Uh, 28% put up 2.3 fantasy points. He had four targets, one catch for 13 yards. That's about as bad as it gets. Uh, kudos to Alex and Adam for having 40% or more. It's funny. I, I look, um, one of, one of the first things I do when we, we do the show is I pull up my exposures. I pull up Alex's and I pull up a couple of other good tournament players on um, petty theft and Ricky D me, Alex and, and, uh, petty theft all about the same. Ricky D had the balls to do what I wanted to do and did not do 0% for him. Ooh. Um, it, it's funny cause I was talking with, um, Andrew of hot magic. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts. O'Reilly auto parts has parts need them fast. We've got fast, no matter what you need. We have thousands of professional parts, people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. On Saturday night, and we were arguing over um, Zacchaeus and, and how to project him. And that was fun was, to wake up to. Yeah. Um, and I, I was very like anti Zacchaeus, but at the same time, he was only 3K and he ended up just making so much stuff work. So I don't know. How did you guys approach that? Because that's something that I. I wouldn't say I struggle with, but um, I always kind of find interesting is like when someone is that cheap, it opens up so much in terms of upside in your lineup elsewhere that even though I thought there was a good chance that he would suck, I also thought that it was just a really useful spot to go to as far as roster construction goes. So I played a bunch of him. And then also, if you look at some of my other exposures, I was just taking dart throws at other 3K guys staying on that same roster build basically and just saying, okay, well, what if it's this guy instead? I ended up going with more uh, quickly. I ended up going with more Russell Gage and that was equally, actually that was worse in the long run because Russell Gage was more expensive. But uh, you know, I I look at it now, they both ran 33 routes uh, in weeks four. And I thought, all right, if Russell Gage is coming in, like what was his overall, what was his ownership? 6.9. 6.9. So nice. pretty much you love that pretty <laughs> much doesn't? a fraction of, of Zacchaeus. Uh, and then Russell Gage, 26 routes yesterday, Zacchaeus ran 39 routes, but again, yeah. Gage, Gage was targeted five times. He was second among all wide receivers in targets. Um, if you were to add in tight ends with Hayden Hurst, uh, he was, he was third on the team. Zacchaeus was, was fourth. So it just, you know, it, like I said, Matt Ryan stacking with Ridley and and uh, more Gage than Sakias just didn't work out. But neither of them worked out. Yeah, um, I, I was overweight on Gage. Petty theft was more overweight on Gage. And then Ricky D, who I'd said, you know, played zero Sakias, forty five percent Russell Gage. So, so that makes me feel a lot better. Actually. Yeah, I, I think it was it was a smart thing, and it was it was actually the other half of what I was arguing with Hot Magic about was uh, the, the Russell Gage component. But um, yeah, I think what, one kind of interesting thing with that with cheap chalk like that is that it makes me more inclined to take chances on other really cheap players because I think it increases the chance of there just being a really high scoring week where you have to have a lot of expensive players in your lineup um 
So I, I think that's one thing it, it kind of forces me to do. Josh, what were you going to say on this situation? Yeah, so I came in a little bit lighter. Uh, I ran my Sims for the slate, and uh, Zacchaeus only showed up in 8.5% of optimals. So I was naturally just coming in a bit lower. Um, he did still get boosted a little bit just because it just naturally pulls him in. I actually got to a lot of Jeff Smith also at the flat minimum, which Alex did as well. Uh, Alex had 30% Jeff Smith at 8% ownership. Same story. They're both, you know, flat 3K. Jeff Smith had five and a half points, so he also sucked. But uh, that was the direction that I went, not Gage, but Smith. Yeah, I, I thought that was a good pivot too. I ended up around the field there, um, but definitely was was one of the guys that was really viable at that price point. I, I think I ended up with like 5% Isaiah Wright from Washington, who didn't do anything, but um, just another one where he was like half a percent owned. Some really crazy shit too, Josh. Listen to this. And you can actually filter this by fantasy points or however you want to do it on your side so the audience can see it. The two highest scoring players <laughs> were collective 0.7% ownership on the slate. Yeah. <laughs> Chase Claypool and Travis Fogum. Remarkable stuff. Both of them from the same game. Like, I, I know crazy stuff happens in football, but it will be a long time before you see this again where two sub 1%, actually, 0.5 or less percent owned guys are the two highest scoring players on a 10 game slate in a game that, by the way, had the lowest total on the entire slate. Yeah. Uh, Chase Claypool was in 339 lineups out of the 600 or 65,000. That's insane. Uh, Fulgham was in 132. So in the aggregate, they were in less than 1% of lineups. Yeah. Shout out to my sister for rostering Travis Fulgham. I'll have to start talking football with her on Saturday nights. That's amazing. Somebody tweeted me. He's like, you know, someone's going to let their son or daughter create their lineup today, and it's going to have Chase Claypool and Travis Fulgham. And that felt like really the only way it could happen. Were there any lineups? There couldn't have been any line. Can we see if there were any lineups with both of them in there? Yeah, I'm quite confident there weren't. Uh, I'm pulling up. I I think we'd be seeing it at the top if there were. Maybe it was a stack, Josh. I'm going to, I'm pulling everything up now. Um, Let's see. How many times did I say Fulgham was in here? All right. 132. All right. 129. Got it. So highest scoring lineup with Fulgham finished third in the slant. uh, 120K. Lineup was, oh, it has them both. Roethlisberger, Josh Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, Claypool, Juju, Fulgham, Kelsey, Zeke, Texans, D. Wow. It had both of them. That is unbelievable. It's actually a pretty, it's a well-constructed lineup. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can say what you want about Fulgham and Claypool, but like, it's not, we were joking before the show that if you had Fulgham or Claypool, the rest of your lineup was probably like dog shit, but this is actually a good lineup. You know, you just obviously got lucky on um, hitting both of those pieces. There were three it's of them. really not three that total bad. lineups with them both. One finished third. One finished 354th, and one, which was a single bullet, finished 2600th. So, wow. I mean, first and foremost, I, how do you play one bullet in here and get those two idiots? Uh, Dak Prescott is the quarterback. Zeke is the comeback in the flex spot. It has Connor, Claypool, Juju. It has James Robinson, Fulgham, David Njoku, and Ravens D. That is one absolutely terrible lineup. So he's a Steelers fan. I guess. 
He played running back and two wide receivers. Wait, you said he did have Fogum though? He did run it back with Fogum? Yeah, but he's not running back anything. He didn't even have the quarterback of either of these teams. Oh, right, right, right. You said he had Dak. He's got three pass catchers. Wow. Three and a half pass catchers from this game and Dak. The Roethlisberger lineup that finished third, though, really, as Adam mentioned, is not that bad. No. Like, that's yeah. a that's a pretty solid lineup overall. You know, you, I have no issues with that whatsoever. It's yeah. I mean, even looking at like Fulgham and Claypool, like obviously they got you know 99th percentile outcome, but like yeah, they, there was like you can at least like reason you can like rationalize it. Like the Eagles don't have receivers. Fulgham's coming off a big game. If you thought if you were unaware that you know our single white side was back or you just didn't care whatever like Fulgham's still gonna possibly get targets and then Claypool's a home run hitter like obviously you're not expecting Deontay Johnson to get hurt and that's what you know really catapulted him but or three home runs yeah four four but wait he scored four touchdowns he had a rushing five touchdowns one got called back Yeah, and he had a rush I didn't know that he had the rushing touchdown at that by the the time that we were getting to that point and an offensive pass interference call that would have made it five actually no didn't he score on that same drive actually yeah that's possible I'm not sure so I think he's but still right like but yeah, I mean, the, the point being like, cause I saw people on, I saw some stuff on Twitter yesterday of people like showing Claypool lineups and like making fun of the people that played them. Like, obviously I didn't play any, he was half a percent. No, nobody played any, but like, it's not like this guy just came out of nowhere. Like he's been, he, he's a high upside play that typically is going to get like two or three targets. Yeah. And he's, but, he's but, played like, in, the, in the context of the too. lineup. Yeah. In the context of this lineup, like if you're saying, okay, I'm going to play Ben, I'm going to play Juju. And then I want another stealer. I can't quite afford Deontay Johnson. Okay, maybe Chase Claypool has an eighty-yard touchdown. Adam, I uh, in our in our dynasty league, where I everyone I have is injured, right? Like, I can't, I had an amazing team. Now everyone's hurt. I played Chase Claypool yesterday. That that's fun. Oh, is that in, did you say? What did you say? Was did you say that was in our dynasty league or a different one? Yeah, you're uh, you're my dynasty yeah, league, yeah. Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I'll get to why, it. What happened? Uh, YouTube chat. We're good. Oh, okay. So either way, um, Deontay Johnson getting hurt. That obviously played a, a significant role. The, Oh, I see what you're saying. So here's the thing now. And, 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 and Adam, I'll stick with you. You're not, when you look at, when you look at some of these performances of guys that were super low up, like Fogum and Chase Claypool, it's kind of important, right? Not to just want to fully change your process and be like, Hey, I can't win unless I'm getting these crazily low owned guys every week, because this is more so very much an exception to the rule. That isn't to say that getting really low on guys where one of them in your lineup each week is huge, but uh, it's, it's kind of it, look at it this way. Claypool and Fogum weren't even in the top two lineups of winners. So they were so low owned that it had very little effect on the actual slate itself. Yeah, exactly. It's th- there's typically going to be enough good scoring players on an NFL slate that you don't have to have like the nuts. You don't have to have the half percent on guy that goes off. Um, you just have to have other guys that go off. Obviously the lower owned the player is the easier it makes your path, but yeah, you don't, you don't need to like have the actual nuts. Um, Josh of the, 15 players with of with the top DraftKings scores. I believe one, two, three, five of them were one or lower, one or less percent owned. 
Wait, say that again. Okay. Of the 15 highest fantasy scores on the week. Yeah. Five of them had 1% or fewer ownership. Yeah. It's that's pretty crazy. Very, very minimal. And man, Fulgham was even higher owned than my 4% Josh, uh, John Hightower. <laughs> <laughs> I should have played the chalk. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 1.4%. Jared Goff, 0.9%. Derek Carr, 1%. Wow. So bad. Can we pour one out for uh, Daniel in chat? Played 800 on FanDuel. Better see a refund of 800. Spoiler alert, Daniel. You're not getting it. You better hope that you cashed. Yeah. It's the only way you're getting 800 back. Yeah, actually, that's 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 probably the way you're looking to go here. And um, Elizabeth is very fond of Fandle after yesterday's yeah, what transpired. I she's don't think very... I, I don't think Daniel knows that they tweeted out that he's not getting 800 back if he lost. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, sorry, Daniel. Maybe he won. Maybe maybe yeah. he had, who knows? Maybe he won. What's that like? But I'm not familiar with that term, winning. Yeah, with football, it's tough. You gotta, you gotta have that week, or you gotta have those weeks. It's uh, rarely gonna happen two weeks in a row, which is even worse if you played on Fanduel too, because it's like maybe you, you know you had a bad week, but it's all just sitting there in limbo, and and I, I don't know, I don't know. Val says monkey knife fights about to have like two more customers after yesterday. Um, Perfect time yeah. to go play at No House Advantage. Yeah. Like, actually, a legitimately good time. Yeah. They don't even sponsor this show, but yeah. check it out. Download the app. Use the promo code AWESOMO. Get you $20 when you sign up. You don't play against the house, just player props. It's good stuff. Josh, we also have all of our showdown content now included in our Express NFL package, which is amazing because with COVID, I think we're going to continue to see more and more showdown slates. Oh yeah, we're going to see a ton of it. Um, I've been diving into it really aggressively over the past couple of weeks, and now that basketball is gone, which I was still playing from a showdown perspective, uh, we're going to see a lot of minimal showdown-ish type slates. I'm all for it, I guess. I don't know what to make of it. They're fun. Um, they're really, really stress-inducing because the swings are just massive. But, you don't even know what you're sw- like. The thing is, you don't even know what you're like anti-sweating yeah. because of like captain scoring and stuff. Oh, it's the worst. It's, it's like, it's... L- like in football uh, last night, I ended up breaking even, but like I knew I had Chris Carson in my best lineup. He scores a touchdown. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I go flying backwards because he's like 20% on the captain. Oh, it's the worst. Dude, you could have, but the thing is like, there's an edge to be had there. You'll hear Alex or, or Tom Kennedy, Tom Kennedy, CEO of Awesome. Alex Baker, Awesome himself tell you like there is an edge there if you're using the right tools and we have the ownership we have the player projections we have the captain spot ownership projections and, and all of that uh, and all of the tools that that these guys use to be to to be you know the best players out there uh, and great showdown players as well i know tom just tom just won like 60 grand on a on a FanDuel nba slate just a couple of days ago he, yeah you know, i've been playing more showdown past games too which has been really enjoyable yeah i don't know yet josh but for 395 a week all of the showdown content included on top of the uh, express package, what we already offer is awesome. But if you want to get in on everything else from NFL to MLB to PGA to MMA to NASCAR to League of Legends, uh, we have weekly all access passes 
all access monthly annual, or if you just want to do single sport for a week uh, and get everything included in it, not just showdown, but everything uh, you can get the fantasy cruncher add on as well. The lineup builder, the top stack tools, uh, all of the stuff out there, all of it developed, all of it made by Alex Baker, the number one ranked player. We don't just put his name on it. You've heard me say it. I say it because that's important. These are really the tools that he uses and puts on the site for us and you to use as well. So go to awesome.com slash join and check that out. But um, yeah, the other day, Adam, the same thing where I had a wide receiver quarterback pairing, but I had quarterback in the, uh, in the captain spot, wide receiver in the utility spot, but the wide receiver was high owned in the captain spot and gets more points for a long touchdown. And I'm thinking, great. I have that connection with one of them in the captain spot. Send me back a thousand spots. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's brutal to like sweat what what's going on like, um, in, in any sport. Like I had a good NBA showdown slate last night, but even like at the end of the game I'm watching and I'm like, I know who I have, but I don't even know what I want to happen because I don't know how it's actually going to impact things. Hit that thumbs up. If you guys haven't done so yet. We are always happy to have you guys with us in these shows. Um, This one, Adam and I said before the show, it can be cathartic, therapeutic, however you want to put it, to, you know, come in and commiserate after bad weeks, come in and celebrate after good weeks. It's good. You got to do this, right? You got to unload that pressure and that stress sometimes because you get pissed off, man. And then sometimes you chase, sometimes you telk, as I call it, tilt entering late contest, and that can end poorly. Um, but we're all here. We're all here for the same reasons. We're all here to talk about it, celebrate, commiserate, you name it. Uh, and that's what we do every week. Spencer says, where's Laz gets fit? He promised me he'd come on a show. So I got to get him on one of these nope. shows. Laz gets fit. Last year, um, we did a show. We did a similar show. I had a different co-host at the time. And Who's that? We, came ac- we came across a, a lineup where the guy won $250,000 by playing two players against his defense. And he played every in, in showdown or in regular. Oh, no, 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 no. Regular main slate, 12 okay. game slate. And also had exposure to every quarterback in the player pool, including two backup quarterbacks. Sieges burner. Well, the crazy thing is the week before that, he won $300,000. <laughs> and the year before that, he had like a $750,000 week. He's probably pretty fit at this point. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's crazy. It's crazy. The approach was insane, and and he found out that that we did a show, and he hit me up, and and we talked, and and he said he was going to come on the show, so uh, we could we could definitely do that, which was which would be a lot of fun. But um, Josh, before we before we close this out, since it is the the fantasy or the um the lineup study show, we use Fantasy Cruncher, and we like to really break down everything that went on from the previous week and look forward. What were the real difference makers to win tournaments this week? Uh, a lot of people that might be unfamiliar with how all of this works might be like, well, you had to have Fogum. You had to have Claypool. Not really. What was the difference maker? And was there a difference maker or was it just the right combination? There were three. Um, so if I sort down to just the top 1% lineups in the slant, uh, you needed hooks. Davis need is strong. You kind of need two of the three of these guys, but Cooks, Davis, and Kelsey. Cooks was in 74% of the top 1% lineups. Uh, Davis in 70, Kelsey in 67. Then you take a step down and get to a bunch of guys in the 30s. Zeke, Slayton, Mahomes, Watson, Robbie Anderson, Ravens D, um, 
Josh Jacobs. All those guys are pretty similar-ish, but Cooks, Davis, Kelsey probably needed two of the three, definitely wanted three of three um, if you were trying to win anything legitimate. But those were the guys. All right. Jenna in chat, Adam says, I'm surprised that there wasn't a lot of talk, you know, the week leading up to about Fulcom as a pivot off of Zacchaeus. Yeah, like, I guess you could look at it now and say, sure, he played 60% of snaps in week four. Um, and maybe maybe this is something that we could have potentially seen coming. But it's hard to say, man. Three targets the week before. Those are Those are spots where, in hindsight, you say, yeah, minimum salary pivot would have been all of the difference in the world. But you know, even the best players out there that we know and respect and look at their lineups, I don't believe they had a whole lot of Fulgham either. Yeah, I mean, it's eight you, of the like top You lineups. and I talked about it before the show. Like, you you at least, like, you knew Fulgham existed because, like, he had scored the week before. He had an 11.5% target share. But you had Arcega Whiteside coming back, so that's someone that can take uh, take targets away. You still have John Hightower out there. You have Sanders that's going to get targets. Greg Ward's dominating targets. Like, um, it, you know, like, when we talked about that lineup that came in third, like I said, like, you can at least rationalize getting Fulgham into a lineup. It's not like he's some guy that you should have never heard of, but it it was still a really low probability thing to happen. Josh, what were you going to say? Uh, Fulgham was in eight of the top 654 lineups. So don't feel bad about not getting to him. No one did. Right, right. Um, we want to thank FanDuel for all of you guys tuning in. And we'll be back with you very soon. Craft Mind Voice says Josh Engelman is a Chinese spy. Yeah, the, the, apparently that's starting up again. I'm not entirely sure why it's again. Ru- this was a thing in the past. Oh, it has ruined YouTube streams for a year and a half now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought this was an isolated incident. I've already banned one of them earlier in this show. Wait, they keep coming back? Yeah. To say that? Yeah. What would you be spying for? I don't know. Man, I don't know. I mean, clearly I look super Chinese, so. Well, that's not how it works, right? You get, they infiltrate and they get you to turn. And I turned to China? That's the one they wanted to take? That, that's the, that, that would be my, my path? They offered you a lot of money, maybe. I'm a good. lot of DK crowns. As long <laughs> as they don't offer me FanDuel, whatever the hell they give you. I don't remember points. Nothing. They give you nothing, Josh. Yeah. That's cool. I'll get 10% back of my points or whatever the hell that is. No, I would go to a different country than China. Would you? Yeah. I mean, I would definitely spy against America. That should be fun to put on audio. Um, <laughs> but it won't be for China. It'll be like for a country that no one would ever expect. You disgust me. No, it's it's like a low-owned GPP play. Like, I'm going to go to Switzerland or something, and then they're going to become the new power. Well, on that note, any final thoughts before we head out following this week five slate, Adam? No, I just lost any train of thought that I had in that <laughs> rambling from Josh. Wow. Uh, so now we've got this person in here. I'm starting to think that the uh, this person is my wife because uh, one of these comments says Josh has a good wife. So I can't imagine anybody else is saying that. So apparently Katie's upstairs running a YouTube burner account. I can imagine you do. Yeah, she she puts up with your shit. So yeah. It's, you know, I, my thoughts is that she's same thing with, with Justine. Like there's no reason that, that, you know, that she should still be in this relationship. No, I do. I do not bring nearly enough to the table. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, that there isn't a table. <laughs> we'll see you guys back here soon. Thanks for hanging out as always hit that thumbs up before you go, you know, 
Hit the thumbs up for the Chinese spy. Show him some love. Get us up here over 100 before we head out. We'll be back with you soon next week, breaking down everything from week six. Again, celebrating, commiserating, whatever it is, you know we'll be here. It makes life a little bit easier, sometimes on great or terrible Mondays. And remember, all of these shows are available on the podcast network. Any podcast platform that that, that carries podcasts, we've got it. Uh, so check it out there if you don't feel like tuning into YouTube every day. Josh, anything else we haven't hit on? I don't think so. Uh, that should be about it. I've got office hours coming up at 1 p.m. I'm live for MLB Live Before Lock at 2 with uh, T. McBee. And then we have NFL Live Before Lock tonight. So, And uh, two showdown videos should be posted soon if they're not already. Yes, no doubt. Check them out. Pre-recorded awesome shows. Josh giving you the scoop on DraftKings and, yes, FanDuel showdown slates for tonight. And then Emac Kyle Dvorak taking you all the way up to lock for NFL Live Before Lock between the Colts or between the Saints and the Chargers. Thanks for hanging out, guys. We'll see you back here soon.